The Compare To Podcast is part of the Spark Media Network, now available on the Edify Podcast app. Grab the Edify app in your Google Play Store or on the Apple Podcast app. You will be so glad you did. Hey friends, Heather Creekmore here. I am glad you're listening to Compare to Who Show today. Today is part two of an episode I am doing with my friend Jennifer Hand of Coming Alive Ministries. She has an awesome podcast called Coming Alive, so go check that out. But today, Jen and I deviate from our original topic for a little bit, and we start talking about what do we say to encourage our single friends what do we not say to the single women we know, but we go way beyond that, just into the heart of how do we trust God with our future? How do we trust God when we're afraid to surrender those hopes and dreams and goals and plans we have for our lives? Jen is so funny. You'll love her laugh and her little snort. <laughs> and we have a great time in today's conversation. So I hope you listen. Even if you're not single or don't have any single friends, there is something in this episode for you. I promise. I know you're going to get something out of this episode today. Hey, don't forget, Coach is open for the September session. I'm also taking a few one-on-one clients through the summer, but not very many. If you need coaching, don't wait. This is an investment that will benefit you for the rest of your life. Why wait to get freedom? Check out my coaching options on the website today. Well, without further ado, Here's today's episode. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Jen Hand, thanks for coming back and talking to us again. I mean, this is so much fun. I could talk to you forever. It's just like, <laughs> I mean, I just wish you were here in my, this is not my house, borrowed house. <laughs> and uh, cause you know, we were just talking about on the last episode, if you haven't listened to me being single and um, part of that is living in a tiny one bedroom apartment that has some struggles sometimes yeah. like the internet. So I yeah. borrowed someone else's. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you mentioned at the end of the last episode, something that married people say to you, about, well, you couldn't do all this if you were married. Uh, and, and by all this, I mean, you couldn't travel. You can just pick up on a whim and go to places after there's a natural disaster. And you said, that's not such a good thing to say. And yeah, I can see that. I don't, I don't think I would say that, <laughs> but, but I thought that there's a whole list of them. Like I remember, so I met my husband at 30 years old. 
and we got married when we were 31. We met on eHarmony. So not everyone knows that part of my story. And at the time, internet dating was not as popular as it is now. And so there was a lot of shame there, like, Mm. ooh, internet. Like, and so my vow to myself was if I met someone that way, then it wouldn't matter. And if I didn't meet anyone that way, then I would never speak of it again. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be my little secret, right? And, but then, you know, then internet dating became a whole lot more of a thing than it was in the early 2000s when I met my husband. But, but yeah, I, I feel like there were lots of things that people said to me during, you know, during that (laughs) decade or so after college that I was single and wanting marriage that just didn't really sit right. I don't know. What comes to your mind? And do you remember, or do you, can you think of any of them? Um, well, yes, I'll give some context to you because okay. you may not know how old I am. I'm 40 and single. So, you know, it, it varies what age or stage of life you're in. So, um, as I mentioned that many people say, I get told at least once a week by someone, well, it's so good that you're single because you couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And I understand the heart and intention behind it. It's because people don't know what to say and they're trying to be encouraging. So I will give them so much grace um, and understand that, but we don't say that to our married friends. Right. It's, you know, <laughs> it's a shame you're married because otherwise you could be serving God. Right. <laughs> like, like exactly. the opposite, right. It's like, what's not, it's just people not knowing how to put in context, something that doesn't fit necessarily the cultural context. So, um, yeah, for example, um, I went to a church once, um, I was a member of, I love the church staff. I think they did this in, um, love, but they were doing a marriage series on marriage and they decided to do a token Sunday for the singles, Mm -hmm. which is great. I really appreciate their heart in that, but neither of the pastors had ever been single. Like they got married right out of college. Uh So, um, they didn't consult maybe what a single would like to hear in a a message about singleness. Well, Uh they they asked me, Heather, you're going to die. I was serving at that time, um, during the earthquake in Nepal. Okay. So they emailed me, asked me for a picture of me serving. And I thought for sure they were going to post that to ask people to pray for me. But mm-hmm. turns out that in the singleness sermon that Sunday, they were going to post that picture and say, look what you can do if you're single that you can do if you weren't married. And they put it up there and oh, made no. me the token of single oh, no. girl. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, and I understood their heart, yeah. but um, it just, I, I don't think we should in any area of life, put people in a box based on what feels comfortable to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think about my single friends and I would say a very real question that I have when I'm talking to them is how can I encourage them Mm -hmm. with, with the tension of knowing that they want to be married right. Or have that desire. And like, and then there's the whole like confusing part of like, well, God pray and God will give you the desires of your heart. Well, what if you desire marriage? Well, what if God doesn't give you that Mm -hmm. desire? And it's like this whole big ball of like, I don't know, this is getting to be a big theological mess. And I hope he grants that desire for you, but I don't know. And what, like, what, what's helpful in there, Jen? Like, (laughs) what what do we say? Well, I love that you want to know. And I love that that's just so encouraging. And um, what I would say is 
the best thing you can do, the best thing I find is because when we make assumptions, and this is not just for singleness, like say you're assuming that someone wants a child that maybe doesn't, or assuming um, that there's a reason that, isn't it time you have a baby? You know, even married this long. Um, When we make assumptions based on cultural norms um, and put people in a box, we can do that theologically as well. And I mean, I cannot tell you how many people told me over the years, if you would just delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I'm like, I delight in him. I love him. <laughs> like, I don't know what else I could do is sit around. I delight in you, Lord. You know, um, I love him so much. And, um, so, and people don't say that to people wanting a baby because, right. you know, um, right. so I think the best thing you can do is just ask questions without assumptions mm-hmm. and listen, how are you right now? Where yeah. are you on this? Um, cause you know, some days, Maybe they're just like loving the single life and other days, maybe it's really hard and they're lonely and, you know, they're in, in 2020 going through a pandemic and everyone's saying, stay at home. Well, that's really hard if you live alone, you know? Um, so asking questions is the best gift you can give to your friend. Um, well, I think about you, the magic formula, delight yourself in the Lord. But I think the magic formula that I remember hearing was contentment. Mm-hmm. If you could just be content as a single person, then God will magically drop a husband onto your windshield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and so oh, I'm like, know, how do I be content? one I get a lot is, why don't you should just be like Ruth, just be like Ruth and find uh, your Boaz. And I crack up. I'm like, I don't, that sounds great. I love the story of Ruth and Boaz, but I don't think that going to some man's house and laying at their feet (laughs) in the field is the, you know, like, what exactly do you mean telling me to just be like Ruth and go after my Boaz? And you don't have a (laughs) mother-in-law, right? You can't follow your mother-in-law, Naomi, anywhere. um, Yeah, that's 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 an interesting one. Be like Ruth. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I appreciate you being willing to go there, Jen, because I, I do think Christians, I have such a heart for Christian single women, especially, although I was at Easter this week, I just happened to notice like a lot of single dads with kids at Easter mm-hmm. service and had the thought like, oh, they probably got, you know, got the kids for Easter. Um, and I was thinking, I wonder, does anyone talk to them specifically too? Like I, mm-hmm. it, you're right. It's an, it's an awkwardness in, in the body of Christ in terms of, you know, handling or reaching or ministering in an effective way. Yeah. To people and it that can are be easy for people to think if you just did blank, then this would happen. Right. And, uh, and, and then to intertwine theology with that as well. Um, or if you were just more open and forward or, you know, right. um, I've gotten the variety of all of those things right. and it is attention. I think of Hannah and her pouring out her heart before the Lord, like I mentioned right. in the episode before, um, at Shiloh, she would go to the altar and pray and pour out her longings. And, um, it can be really scary to hold hope in the outcomes of God because trusting in the goodness of God. And what does that look like when our, um, what we're praying for and hoping for is not now. And we don't know if it will be next, you know? Um, and I think that is the tension and the, just having to be real and acknowledge that before the Lord. Right. Is God good even when his plan doesn't match mine? Mm-hmm. Right. And his timing. And his yeah. timing too. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. And I mean, I would, I would say that. I mean, you know, now when I say 30, I met my husband at 30, 
you're right. People are like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. That's young now. Back then it was like, oh, you made it to 30. Wow. Like, but, but things have changed. Yeah. And, but you're right. You're right. And getting married didn't solve it. Right. Because then you need the next thing. <laughs> and then, right. so. Well, it's, it's just like uh, with your, those that listen that are struggling with body image right. lose for me, I lost 80 pounds okay. and um, I did it in a not radical extreme diet way. Like I just changed the way I ate. I started moving my body. I lost 80 pounds and, but, um, reaching that goal then, um, brought a whole nother set of things because then people, um, they would say things like, you're so beautiful now. And you want to be like, but what about then? And you feel all this pressure. And, and so it really is just running to a God who is the only one that can truly satisfy. Um, he really is it. He's the only one that can fill our longings and our souls with his love. And then we can walk into a room and say, I am loved. How can I love you? It's very different. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. That's something I I love to encourage women with walking in, walking into a room and not focusing on, does everyone love me, (laughs) but how can I love you? That's the two, two different things. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen, your book, my yes is not on the table. Like, what do you think God taught you while you were writing it? Uh, well, I tend to not think of myself as a fearful person because I am the single world girl who travels the world, you know, yeah. and goes to hard places that most people are like, never, my yes is not on that table, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the Lord just really peeled away layers of protection and showed me you're afraid of this. You're mm-hmm. afraid of that. And, um, will you run to me with that? And, um, my fears may look different than your fears, but we all have them. And he really showed me like, Jen, I need you to acknowledge your fear of rejection. And I need you to run to me with it. I need you to acknowledge your fear of failure and your fear of success. And so writing the book brought all of that up because it's, you know, this, you're pouring out your heart. It's going to hands of people you don't know. And I'm just like, I have to trust um, that the God who called me is, I just had to be obedient. And um, so, yeah, I learned a lot about my fears. I'm like, yeah. uh, write a book about fear and you really are your own are highlighted. <laughs> so the fear, fear of success. That's an interesting thing. You just kind of casually mentioned there. What do you yeah. think by that? Um, well, if something I'm doing succeeds, then there's the pressure of what do you do with that? Will it continue to succeed? Like, um, I remember I was doing every year I do power sheets by Laura Casey and the questions take you through as you're preparing for your year, what are you afraid of? And I try to always just write whatever comes to my mind. And one year I wrote, I'm afraid of failure. And then the next line said, I'm afraid of success. And the Lord was like, Jen, that will keep you stuck right there in between in the safe and the same because you don't want either. And so it is a constant really like releasing those fears. Okay, Lord, either if, if this fails, I will trust you and know that I want to be obedient no matter what. And if this succeeds, I want to be obedient no matter what. Mm -hmm. And uh, both can keep you paralyzed. So one of the things about living with your yes on the table and moving from fear stops to faith steps is fear paralyzes me. It paralyzes you. We go into freeze mode or fight mode or flight mode, but we're not in the present of what is happening in that moment mode and, um, fear paralyzes us, but faith propels us. And Mm. I have to remind myself that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I I think that fear of success thing, there's really something to that, right? Because like you use the term safe and the same, right? Like there is like, that's an idol of comfort, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like it's comfortable just to like stay here in my middle ground. <laughs> if, I, yeah. if I try too hard, I could fail. If I try too hard, I could succeed. So I'll stay here. Yeah. And there's no faith propulsion in that. <laughs> yes. It's you're just stuck, stuck yeah. right there in the middle of the mundane. Hey friend, are you sick and tired of stressing over your body? Are you to the point where you are ready to do something? Okay, you've tried all the diets, you've tried all the wellness programs, you've tried all the exercise programs, and you still aren't comfortable in your own skin. My friend, we need to work together. Now, let me be clear, this isn't a magic pill you're going to take. It's not another diet. But in my group coaching sessions, I try to put you on a path to freedom that you can continue to walk for the rest of your life. We have such a great time in group coaching. I bring women together and hopefully in a lot of cases, they've been able to stay friends after the group sessions are over. So you leave group coaching, not with just with a renewed sense of who you are in Christ and how to overcome your body image issues, but also with friends to walk along beside you as you continue to walk this path going forward. I hope you'll consider group coaching. If you want to know more, go to compareto.me and go to the coaching tab and you can find out all about it. Sessions start in September, so sign up soon. I know it's going to fill up. So head on over to compareto.me, look for the coaching tab and sign up today. I'm excited for the chance to work with you. So what would you say to the woman who's like, she's hearing this, she's like, oh, that's totally me. I'm stuck there. I like my safe and same. I don't know if I really want to listen to the rest of this interview. Because <laughs> I'm kind of comfy here. What would you yeah. say to her, Jen? Um, I would say, first, the truth is, even as you're listening, I believe you felt a stirring um, that yes, you like safe and same, but you know, there's more. And, um, I would encourage you to think about the character of God, look at what he's done in your past and imagine that that same God is working in your present and then dreaming for your next. And, um, so I would encourage you to dream, ask yourself, what makes me come alive? What is stirring inside of me? And then be brave and ask God to show you what one tiny faith step is. And just like the Israelites, they stood on the edge of the Jordan river, but somebody had to step in. And it was the priest and you as a listener are a priest. When you come to know God, it says that we are a holy priesthood Mm -hmm. and we get to carry the presence of God inside of us. And the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in you. So acknowledge the fear, but then ask God, how do you help me take that next step out of the safe and the same? And I encourage you such a physical thing for me was writing the word. Yes. Uh And putting it on a piece of paper. Um, I had it tattooed on my ankle Uh (laughs) because my feet. Or what in Costa Rica with somebody that wasn't even a tattoo artist. That's another story. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so write the word yes. And then just ask God to show you what is one faith step. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm very tactile. And so like when I coach people, I have them do the kind of stuff all the time, like write it out, find a picture, you know, like go find a ruler and hold it and, you know, stuff like that. So I, I love that, the physical act that that is. And I think giving yourself permission to dream, even if that dream means that you are right where you're supposed to be yeah. acknowledging that. Um, but I think we often don't give ourselves permission to dream because we are scared of those dreams. I was going to go there next. I was totally, I was like, yeah, that dream thing. I'm feeling some conviction there Mm. because it's hard to dream. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I'm very much a realist. And then I think about that C.S. Lewis quote that I mentioned in the last episode that we're, you know, children content to play with our mud pies in the slum when God has a grand beach vacation waiting for us or planned for us. If we just do what you said and put our yes on the table, really what God said, <laughs> but, you know, that if, if we can, like you mentioned in the last episode, so if you haven't listened to that last episode, go back and listen to that one. But, but seeing that fear and knowing that God walks with us, even after we've acknowledged it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I think we really all have dreams. We just bury them in hiding because we're shrinking back out of fear. Yeah. And um, for example, I had a dream. I believed God was calling me to believe him for a traditionally published book. Mm-hmm. And um, I had that dream for 11 years, Heather. I went to 11 years of conferences, meeting with agents, meeting with publishers, putting my heart on a book proposal and every time getting no, 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 no. And I wanted to shrink back and I wanted to let that dream go, but God would not let me let it go. And um, Hebrews 10 tells us that we are not of those who shrink back and lack confidence, but we are of those who have faith. And I wanted to hide and pretend that dream wasn't there, but God would not let me let it go. And 11 years later, I finally got my yes. And so I want to encourage the listener that if you are in a long season of wait for a dream, God is always working behind the scenes. And even in that wait, I still wrote five books um, and self-published them. And I'm so glad for those, Mm -hmm. but I just could not give up on the dream that someday a traditional publisher would say yes. And so I want to encourage you, even though it may seem like you're waiting, God is working behind the scenes in that God-sized dream. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that you that you call out the reality of like your dream was specific. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that gets a little messy for some people, you know, like, well, I don't want to, it's got to just be like, you know, God's will. And it's got to be this broad, vague thing. But I think a lot of people would have been like, well, maybe the dream was just to be published and you can just go self-publish, you know, you don't, why wait for a traditional publisher? And you could probably have written the list of, you know, all the things you didn't need a traditional publisher for, but your dream was specific. Mm -hmm. And I think we get scared of specific because we don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed, but God has shown me so much in the specific prayers um, that he shows up. Now it's not always yes. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's wait. Sometimes it's maybe or not now, but I would much rather pray a specific, powerful prayer to a powerful God than a generic prayer based on not believing the promises of God. Right. Right. And that's in your book too, right? You talked, you talked about that in your book. I I remember reading that, Um, you know, I first kind of encountered that in um, Paul Miller's book, a praying life. Have you read that book? I have not. No, but I need to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a classic, if you will, it's been around for a long time, but he talks about that too. And, and the way the context he talks about it in was like, sometimes we keep those specific prayers secret 
and they're not really secret from God. Right. But they're like, there are these dreams. It's like, well, I can't pray about that because God might not be comfortable with me asking for something that specific. And he kind of calls out like, no, God already knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he doesn't want you to like, just keep it in there or just talk to your friends about it. But he wants you to talk to him, talk about, to him it. about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, it kind of goes right, right back around to dating too. Right. Because I feel like that's, that's such an uncomfortable thing where there's, there's certainly things specific things that I had kind of on a list, if you will, mm-hmm. of like, this is the kind of man I want to marry. And looking back some of those things, absolutely. And then some of those things, like not at all, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, but holding, holding it tightly and loosely all at the same time. That's so good. Yeah. Right? My, I will say my list of 40 is very different than my list of 20, you know, right. Um, but yet, yeah, but yet your yes being on the table, right. You, you can have faith that God will lead you and show you what, what is next. And, and that um, he's good. That, good. that yeah. is the underlying thing that I have learned as I wrote this book and I asked people, I want to say yes to God, but I'm afraid of blank that the underlying fear is, do we really trust in the goodness and character right. of our God? And when we do not to run to him with that and say, God, I want to believe help my unbelief. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So someone's listening today and they're saying, okay, well, how do I grow my trust in God? Hmm. I get, I get asked that question too. I want to hear your answer. I think one studying who he is, mm-hmm. studying who he is, like read his promises. Okay. Um, the Bible is alive and active and I, the devil will try to tell you that it's too much for you to understand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some real confusing things that none of us will probably all understand ever. But every time you come to it, it's God breathe. that speaks to you. Study the yeah. character of God, get in community of other people that know God. And then claim some promises, like ask God, you're the promise maker. Your word is full of these promises. Like I need to know in my fear right now, you promised that you are with me. Like, that's what you said. You said, and then you promised you're sending the Holy spirit, a comforter. I need to know that, you know, uh, you promised that you are good, that you're working all things together for my good. I need to know that. So I would encourage you to just dive deep into the character of God, because the more you get to know him, the more you see him and the more you see him, the more you trust him and the more you trust him, the more you'll say yes to him. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You can't trust someone you don't know. Right. Right. I mean, that's, you know, I feel like that's the bottom line. I, I talked to him and then like, yeah, it's hard for me to trust God. Well, how often do you read your Bible? Well, I don't really do that. Okay. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't trust someone you don't know. Like right. you just, you wouldn't, there's oh, so many illustrations there. So that's, that's good. Well, John, I appreciate you being on the show today. Your book, My Yes is on the Table, Moving from Fear to Faith is available everywhere. Christian books are sold. I know. Where can people connect with you? So I would love to be your friend. <laughs> you can find me on comingaliveministries.com or um, on Instagram, I'm coming alive, Jen. Um, and on Facebook, it is Jen at coming alive ministries. You can just type in coming alive ministries. So, awesome. Yeah. I'll put all those links in show notes. And um, I would love for you guys to listen. I have coming alive conversations, the podcast and listen to the one that Heather is on. So yes. Search that. I don't I know the episode that. number, but it was so good. I just love Heather and her wisdom to us. I will put the link to that show in, in um, show notes as well. Well, I loved getting to talk to you today and thank you for, for this book. I tell you, so I'm, I'm kind of a harsh book critic, John, (laughs) 
I really am. Oh, God, I didn't know that before. No. Uh, yeah, like I get a lot of books and I'm like, oh, here we go. But this book, y'all, if you like the way I write, you're going to love the way Jen writes because you're funny. You have funny stories, but yet they're not just like stories where you're like, well, that one's dumb. Why did this person tell me that? They're stories that connect to truths that we oh. need to read and be reminded of. So it's so good. I love That's this That's so book. honored to me because I love your writing and I oh. love your books and I've devoured them. So... Oh, thanks. But yeah, you guys are going to love this book. So go grab it. My yes is on the table. Moving from fear to faith by Jen Hand. Ah, you'll like it. You won't be, you won't be sad. You grabbed it. Well, Jen, thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you, friend. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.